Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, which is focused on all things, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing artists, reviewing albums, and ultimately exploring the genre I love. And I hope you'll begin to love it as much as I do, if not more. Please like and subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming podcast news. Coming up on today's show, I caught up with Mix, who has five number one Billboard Awards, nine gold and six platinum plaques under his belt. He is one of the music industry's best kept secrets. As an immensely skillful producer and studio engineer, Mix's most notable contributions are to some of the world's most talented and respected artists. But before I say too much, let's get into it. Uh, I'm here with my main man, Mix. Uh, so he's a producer. He's been in the game since I think you were close to 15 years old. You started making music. So you've got some some huge awards already in your career. Um, you've got five number one Billboard Awards, nine gold and six platinum plaques as well. You've been working with artists like Drake, French Montana, Lil Pump, Kanye West, essentially some of the greats in the music industry. So it's a real privilege for me to be able to speak to someone of your caliber um, and someone who gets to experience, you know, the the journey with a lot of the the best rappers and the best hip hop artists in the world, not to mention R&B artists like Tiana Taylor as well. Um, so, I mean, for me speaking to you, because you're essentially for a lot of people, a dream come true. Like you get to mix with a lot of these artists. How do you find, you know, meeting the, some of the greats, you know, their names almost precede themselves. Man, tell you the truth at first, you know, when I was younger and it started out and started working with major artists, I was like, you know, blown away by, Oh, I'm really in this room with this artist right now. And then you, you tend to get used to it. You know what I'm saying? And they become friends and stuff. So, and family, you know, it's really exciting. Because I could imagine, I just like put myself in your shoes and I just imagine myself there. And I just would imagine just looking at them and just freaking out and just be like, you know, I listened to your music my whole life. And now I actually get to meet you and actually work and collaborate with you on your, on your stuff. For sure. I have said that before. <laughs> How do they react? Um, usually humble, like, man, thanks, man. You know, and you know, usually humble about it. So for you, do you have like, you know, anyone that the first one that you actually got in touch with and you knew, okay, now I've actually made it? Um, um well, a long time ago, um, I did some work first with like Maya and Fat Joe, people like that. And I was, you know, in my head, I was like, okay, starting to touch some waters here. <laughs> Well, Fat Joe is a legend for sure. For sure. Yeah, he came in the studio with his daughter and, you know, we just started cooking up some stuff and I was like, you know, yo, my career is starting to move. Because Fat Joe's obviously, you know, he's influenced people like Big Pun uh, to me, who's one of the greatest of all time, in my opinion, in terms of his lyrical ability. But, you know, how was Fat Joe in the studio? Was he like super chilled? I like... I, I feel like he's got his, like, gangster side and then he's got his, like, you know, family side as well. Well, he was there with his daughter and she was real young, so I didn't see any gangster side at all. It was the real cool, 
chill, Fat Joe. He was real cool. Did he give you like much, you know, advice or anything like that? How did it, how was the experience with him? Um, not too much advice, um, but the experience was really dope. Awesome. And so like when you were starting your career, like what got you into hip hop music? Like what got you into, you know, moving down this avenue? Man, at first I, I didn't tell a lot of people, but I started out DJing around 15, 16. And um, I was DJing in a lot of clubs and stuff. And uh, it just kind of transitioned over. You know, my family had a, a recording studio and there was kind of nibbling in the business and stuff. So I ended up um, just falling in love with the creation of music, man, from an early age. And so what type of music were they producing? Um, rap, R&B, reggae, dancehall. Stuff like that, pop. So you were pretty much exposed quite early in terms of your, like, you know, as a kid, like you would have seen the all the spectrums of all the genres. Correct, correct. So why hip-hop? Like you would have seen it all and you chose to go down to hip-hop. Man, <laughs> I just think, you know, I always loved hip-hop as a kid and it's just like the culture, like all my friends growing up, you always, you know, listening to some... Um, Jay-Z, 50 Cent, whoever, you know what I'm saying? And um, even throwback, Dr. Dre, we were always like in the car, we're listening to hip hop, you know, it's always a, a cultural thing for me. And because you grew up in Miami, is that right? Like South Florida? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Was hip hop always there, like always around? Like, did you always, no matter where you went, it was always in the backdrop? Oh, for sure. For sure, it's hip. Miami is all about like rap music, R&B, reggaeton, reggae, you know, stuff like that. Spanish culture, island culture, and then mixed with the the hip hop. Like, what was it that drew you in? Like, for me, because I didn't grow up listening to hip hop in the sense that my family didn't listen to it, my brothers didn't listen to it. The my first experience was. Um, 50 cents get rich or die trying and I literally remember um, wow. falling asleep to that album I loved it so much it like blew my mind when I first heard it so um, like it's it's different because for you you grew up with it and it was around you all the time whereas for me it was like you know I just stumbled across it and then fell in love with the music man starting with 50 cent get rich or die trying that's a good start for you <laughs> yeah I know it's <laughs> <laughs> I never really got over my 50 cent love, to be honest. He's always in there. He's, my, he's got a really big soft spot in my, in my heart for, for, for that album. That album is a classic, man. I'm telling you. And that album is one of the albums that made me fall deeper in love with hip hop and just like the creation of it and what it could do for you. You know, like everywhere we went, they played that album at the park, <laughs> playing basketball, at school, everywhere. Do you so, have a do you have a favorite song on that album? Oof. Not no, really. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, not really. There's a lot of dope songs on there. Almost the whole, whole entire album was playing on the radio, so it's a lot of dope records on there. Yeah, like it's because it's interesting back here in Australia, we didn't have that album playing. Like I remember like every now and again PIMP would play and then I would be like 
what the hell is this doing on Australian radio? Whereas, like, when you say the whole album was playing on, on radio stations in the States, right. like, I, that's right. a dream come true to me. Like, I wish I could turn on the radio and listen to hip-hop. Right. Wow. That's crazy. That, that's, that's good to know, like, how hip-hop crossed over to another side of the world, man. Well, the good thing is now that it is getting bigger. Like, hip-hop in Australia and hip-hop as a genre has definitely exploded. Like, you know, things like TikTok, everybody's using the music videos and trap, everybody's loving the, you know, the traps beats and it just mm-hmm. feels like it, the whole culture has actually taken off and um, it's really good as a fan and I, I'm sure for you as well, like, you know, the greatest thing is speaking to people and having people all around the world li- listen to your music. Yeah, business is good, man. Hip-hop is taking <laughs> off. It's like the new pop. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, I think it is essentially pop. Like it is the, the most popular genre in the world right now. For sure. It is. What do you think it is that has made it so popular? Oh man. You know, like as a kid, I kind of always had a feeling it was going to get there. And I used to come, come to LA working on music. My friends was always telling me, man, just do the pop, bro. Stop messing with that hip hop trap stuff. And I'm like, I, just, I don't know. For me, it was always just a feeling like fun. That's, that's really what it is. You know, there's a lot of hip hop tracks that's real fun nowadays. People get to dance, you know, and you know, like pop music is cool and stuff, but it's like really just, you know, friends in the car singing it, but Hip-hop, you get to do dance moves and a lot of stuff they're saying is relatable, you know? I always said to people, like, the one thing that I loved about hip-hop was the beats. That was The first thing that got me was the sound. It's the sound of it. It's so different. And I actually don't know how people dance to rock music. Like, for me personally, I actually don't understand it. But, like, hip-hop, there's something that makes you move. And I've always been attracted to that in hip-hop just the sound of it is so different so unique and the sampling is almost the best part yeah for sure man the way how we tweak samples is always fine how do you go through that process of sampling and finding samples um a lot of times when i'm chilling and i hear like a really cool song playing like an elevator or in a store so i shazam it or a lot of time the artist has like a song that they really like back in the days. They're like, yo, could you flip this for me? And it's just, you know, just a collective of music stored, whether in my mind or, you know, around the place. Because there's this like, you know, the old school belief of like, you know, what sampling used to be, which is you go to a record store and you just get the vinyls and you've got like stacks of vinyls that you comb through. Do you, do you ever do like the old school version of like, you know, go and find some really old underground hidden beats? Did a couple of times, a couple of times, not too much because now with YouTube is, is easier to <laughs> go on and just search. Yeah. Like I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Like I just, uh, when people tell me about that's what they used to do, like DJ Chubby Chubb, I spoke to, he was saying that he would go and like find those things and to me, it sounds like an insane amount of work. Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of back in the days when I used to see like my brother and stuff DJ and they used to have crates. Because when I started DJing, I used CDs, so it was way easier. So I'm sure it was a lot of work digging through um, records. And so when you were young, 
what moved you from DJing to actually transitioning to hip hop? Like, what was that move like? Like, it seems like a little bit of a jump to me. Um, well, me and my friends, we actually ended up making a, a song and we played it ourselves in the club and the club went crazy as soon as we played. It. And just the feeling of that was like, yo, we really got to do this. And um, I was real young DJing and um, it'll, it'll take away a lot from school time and like promoters is always trying to, you know, jig us and stuff. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it was like, yo, man, let's just let's create music instead of this. And how did you find that balance of like school and also being an artist? Like, I feel like sometimes they're contradicting. Like at school, they're like, no, 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 focus on school. And then obviously, you know, your creative side wants to be let free so that you can make music. It was definitely hard, man. You know, a lot of sleepless nights. Um you know, your parents are always like, yo, get a degree first and then pursue music. And in your mind, you're like, nah, it's not going to work like that. <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of sacrifice and ignoring a, a lot of things and just going for what you love. And how did you, like, stay strong, like, up, like in your own mind? Like, a lot of people, you have a lot of haters, a lot of people saying, you know, you're not going to make it. Like, this is a waste of time. I don't know why you're doing this. Those types of critics always happen to successful people. But how did you keep to your vision and not let them, like, influence you? Um, I really think um, signs, man. Like, you know, sometimes you'll think of giving up and then, like, a, you get a sign. And you're like, oh, shit, I, I, I got to keep going, you know? So, and also just, I think it's just a part of my, my natural... Um, personality to just keep pushing through just believing in myself yeah because you strike me as someone who's like quite you know humble isn't like the life of the party but you know exactly what you want and you're gonna go get it like it is always interesting to me because the people that I speak to they are all driven and motivated and it is always really interesting for me to understand you know what drives you and what motivates you I never like to fail and that I really never like to fail. So when I put my mind to something, I just always just try to um, play it out. And are you competitive or do you find that you just compete with yourself? I'm both definitely competitive with my friends and stuff. And, um, and for myself as well too, like, yo, today, the last month I made 30 beats. They sound like this next month. Gotta be harder. Next year. I gotta go harder. <laughs> For sure. Then I see my friends like, oh, you did good. All right. I got to go hard too. Well, it's good that you keep motivating each other. For sure. And are your friends, they're still in the music industry as well? Um, Yeah, I did um come up with a few people that are still doing very well. Awesome. And what do you see as like, you know, if if someone was young and kind of, you know, starting out, they're interested in getting into the music industry, what would your advice to them be? All right, so... um. One of my first sessions in South Beach, I don't know if you know where South Beach is in Miami, but it's like- yeah, in South the, Florida? Yeah, and we're yeah. all the big, and we had a really dope studio down there. And one of my first sessions, um, Pharrell actually crashed it. Oh, damn. Yeah, he does a lot of work in that room. So he was showing his family and friends around where he works. And he's like, yo, could we, um, can I show my people real quick? I'm like, for sure. You know, we stopped the music, he walked in, 
show everybody the place. And then he's about to leave. I was like, yo, hold up, hold up, hold up. You got to give us advice, bro. You can't just come in, crash our session like that and leave with nothing. And he's like, for sure. He's like, yo, just don't stop doing what you're doing. You already got here, don't stop. So, like, that would be my same advice to, like, um, all the dream makers out there. Just don't stop. If you really love it, just continue. Don't stop the grind. Find new ways to be um, creative. You know what I'm saying? If you want to carve the sound, carve the sound and just never stop doing what you do. And I think that's great advice that, you know, what people want is the accolades, the success, but they don't see the work that comes with it. Like, you know, how many years did you have to grind without seeing any awards, without seeing, you know, all the success that you're starting to see now? Eight, nine years, long time. Well, they say it does take 10 years to make an overnight success. So, you know, you don't see the grind. You don't see the the late nights, as you said. You don't see the the sleepless nights. And you don't see the stress. And obviously, you know, it, it does take work. And that's how people get weeded out of the industry. It's crazy because a lot of the awards and stuff, they all just, like, start coming in at once fast so it's like and even before that a couple years before that i'm like man i've been grinding for a long time thinking to myself and then when it happens it just it happens a lot so it's like pressure you know what i'm saying pressure busts pipes it builds up and cup runneth over you know <laughs> definitely and did you have moments where you were like you know contemplating stopping like did you ever have that you know i've been doing this a long time and i kind of feel tired and i'm ready to take a break Oh, for sure. All the time, man. I want to hop on a plane and go on an island right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really the the love of music. You know what I'm saying? I'm a man. I, I really want to um, take care of my family and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, in love with the grind keeps me going. And be honest with you, a lot of my um, clients, too, they motivate me a lot. They call my phone like, yo, let's come on, let's take over this year. And it's really, it's a blessing to even have that. Do you have like a, a client that, you know, motivates you the most? Like one that, that always is on top and like, yeah, this is what we want to do. Or someone that's coming up in 2021? Um, like a new artist? Oh, someone that you're working with, some some collabs um, that keeps you going. Right now, currently it's probably like French Montana. And then, you know, um, little few months ago tiana taylor but she's working on director right now so yeah and so how did you get in touch with french because again he's uh, a huge name but you've worked quite a bit with french montana yeah um so basically in miami in the same studio sabi studios um i was working with a lot of people because i was plugged in with the the guy who ran the studio so he'll just throw me sessions and french was one of them and um we kind of build from there and then um, kind of separated. And then when I came to LA, he was in LA. And then um, one of my friends linked me back with him. Yeah, because you, you've made a lot of tracks. Do you Are you the producer on those tracks? Or are you the beat maker? How does that work? Yeah, I produce a lot of them. And I also engineer a lot of them. Making the beats, producing both. Because you do have tracks, obviously, with Harry Fraud as well. Like he another big name in the producing industry, like you know, 
how do you find, you know, working with another producer, you know, French Montana obviously has his vision as well. And how do you work on that collaborative approach? Man, it's teamwork made the dream work, man. It's like, you know, a basketball team, you got the small forward, the center, shooting guard, and so forth. So it's like, you know, if someone liked the song this way and I'll throw my advice in or they'll throw their advice in, it's just, you know, teamwork is building, building the best record possible. Have you learned that you have to put your ego aside that sometimes, you know, what you think or what you want doesn't get, isn't the decision like the whole team goes with, they decide to go a different direction? Oh, for sure. All the time I had to throw the ego in the back. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yes, sir. To move forward, you know? Yeah. And do you have any, like, anything where, like, a moment where you look back and go, all right, this is a huge learning experience. Like, this was, you know, a mistake that I made and this is what I took from it. Um, yeah, um, not shooting your shot. <laughs> so like if you're in a studio with a, a, a certain artist that you really want to work with and you just not shoot that shot, uh, then you go home, you're like, man, I should have played that beat, you know? So when that happened to me before, I make sure that next time I did whatever I can to let whoever hear my music, if I thought it was worthy. Why did you why did you not shoot your shot? Is there a reason that you were like, you know, I, I you didn't play that beat that you think you should have? Um yeah, it's like different reasons. You you want to make everybody do their thing, you know what I'm saying, and kind of, you know, chill. Cause it, uh, at that time was I kind of knew around a lot of people. You don't want to just overstep your boundaries and stuff. But you know what I'm saying? You gotta be a wolf out here in these streets. <laughs> yeah. So how is that in the industry? Because obviously you've got a lot of people, especially now, a lot of artists, a lot of producers, a lot of people who want to become big. The competition is enormous. Like if you look on Spotify, it's crazy how many artists there are. You can just type random names in there and you'll find artists. Yeah, everybody and their grandma want to be an artist. I don't know what's going on right now. (laughs) It's crazy. When I first started music, it wasn't like that. It was like the 1% that the outcast was like, you doing music? You, what? Crazy, you didn't go to school. But now everybody, bro. Like, So I don't know how to cope with it, but you know, it, it's kind of easier but harder at the same time. Because now it's, it's easier for you to upload a song and might be an overnight success, but you have to deal with so much competition. Yeah, and like the the problem is, you drop a, tr- a song or an album, and at the same time, the three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten albums dropping on the same day. Correct. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. You gotta you gotta be the best of the best right now. <laughs> so, so do you look back and go, "I'm thankful for me starting when I did," because you obviously have a leg up now. It's not like you're still trying to make a name for yourself, you have artists that know who you are. Do you do you look back and go, like, you know, thank God that I started when I did? I was thanking God last night and the day before and the day before. <laughs> All the time. Because, I, yeah, I, I just, I talk to some artists right now and they're new and they're, you know, dropping their first EP and they're dropping their singles. And I just look at the industry in general and it is so difficult to, like, you know, get that, 
you know, big moment. It's hard to do something that's no one's ever heard before because people are pumping out music like crazy. Yeah, it's def- it's, it's a new game, man. And like, I think about that shit all the time. I'm like, yo, it's too much people trying to do this right now, man. So, like, really and truly, like I said, what Pharrell told me, don't stop. That's that's what make the greats, man, because everybody that I work with that's really dope, they're in the studio every day grinding, cooking up, cooking up. So they also have quantity but quality as well. And do you think there will be like an evening out of the industry where like this is the boom and then it'll kind of get to a place where it is manageable or do you think that it's just going to continue growing? I think it's going to continue growing for sure. It's going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to be or better more... depending on how you look at it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's good and bad. So it's it's good and bad. It's, it's great for a lot of people and a lot of kids. They can really wake up nowadays, record in their bedroom, put on spotify and turn it turn into a millionaire potentially so uh, i like that aspect of it yeah i think it it also you know it shows that creativity is a legitimate pathway there is that you know when and i know when i was a kid it was very much taught to me that the path to success is you know book learning it is through you know working at a, at a company it is through going getting your degrees whereas now it feels like you know, being an artist is people are starting to understand that as a pathway as well. Right, correct. It's a career. Yeah. Well, how did you manage while you were, you know, still coming up? Like, obviously, you still need to put food on the table. You still need to earn money. How were you managing that side of it while you were making music? Um, I, was, I was also recording and mixing. So... I'll get I'll get paid from that. So like mixing albums, recording songs while producing on the side, it was definitely a good income to um, survive while coming up. And how does that work when you're like recording and mixing um, in terms of for our listeners, what is the difference between like mixing and, and recording an album versus actually producing uh, a track? Um, recording and it's usually work for hire so you get paid for the for the for the job on um, mixing um a lot of times it's the same but you could get points too so like there's albums like apology album i mixed the entire album and got a couple points on there so you can make royalties and um producing definitely you own more of the publishing and the royalties of the of the songs and so for you, you were obviously like, well, producing is where I want to go. Like that's where you actually can make royalties and that's where you, you know, get to work more collaboratively with the artists. For sure. For sure. Yeah, with producing, you, um, it's more, you're more creative and you see your sound and your vision come through, come to life, you know. So it's definitely more of a love for me. And so do you have like a signature sound? Like, you know, people have their, their, you know, when someone produces a track, you've got, you know, Harry the Frog. He says he's like little bit when he he actually produces, you've got all these producers who have their like signature sound. Is there anything that you have to like identify your own work? Um, yeah, for sure. A lot, of, a lot of my beats, my friends and stuff is like, yeah, I definitely know you made that. 
don't know how to really explain the the sound though, <laughs> but for sure I, I put my own twist on it. Well, I mean, one of my favorite tracks that you did with French was Salum Aleikum. I think that sample was was fire. Like I don't know, I'm I'm a big fan of a vocal sample and then chopping it up to meet a beat. There is something about that lightness that contrasts, you know, with the hi hats and the heavy drums that just works in hip hop. Yeah, that's a straight hip hop record. We actually did one like that last night, just trying to like up with that sound. <laughs> was that with French? Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, I'm excited for that drop because if it's anything like like that other beat, you know, you'll have me listening, that's for sure. For sure. Look forward for it, man. So with your family, your family still in the music industry? Um, some not really. Um it was it was just like a thing for them, you know, and then like I just took it all the way. What are they doing now? Um, my cousin, he he he's the one that owned it, a record label. He's doing a lot of real estate right now. So it was just like you know the times, you know. Let's get into it, see how it goes, and then move on. Yeah, he was making a lot of money, and he was just investing in music because he loved it. You do have to have the love. Like there is something about the music that you know, as you said, if you don't have the love for it, you're not going to last. No, for sure, it, it's about the love, bro. Because like a lot of people I work with, you can tell they really love what they're doing. Like they can be successful, but it's three a.m. They still making this record, kick everybody out of the studio, and you can just tell they really, really love it. It's like LeBron James, you know, he could go sit down right now in, on an island and chill the rest of his life, but he's still grinding hard because he loves basketball. Same concept. And you can see he's ultra competitive. Like, it's not like he just shows up. He wants to be the best. Right, correct. <laughs> That's what it's all about. And so how did you feel when you won your first award? Do you remember what track it was that got you your first, you know, plaque or your first award? I believe it was Tiana Taylor. Um, when uh, that was like the number one plaque on the billboard, um, it was probably like in 2015, 16. Um, her album went number one R&B in the world. Um, and it felt great, bro. It felt great because we really worked hard on that album. And um, she was actually one of the artists that actually put me on the map as a producer. So... It felt it felt super exciting. We celebrated a lot of champagne bottles. <laughs> <laughs> How did you find out? Like, what do you do? You remember the moment where you found out you were number one? Um, yeah, I think everybody just started posting it, and you know, I saw it and I was like, "Oh snap!" And you know, so I posted it and hit everybody up. We linked up and celebrate. Because I imagine, like, you know that feeling of like, uh, now I know, now I know every dream that you have going number one, every like, you know, imagination, like imagine that feeling, like how did that feel in comparison to the dream? Like, was it like for like, or was it beyond what you could ever expect? Oh man. Oof. Trying to go back in the days and remember that time. <laughs> <laughs> And man, I just remember, man, it was it was a really great feeling of like just appreciation, bro. Like I just I was I felt blessed and appreciated where I was at the time. And a lot of hard work paid off. 
it just made me want to go harder and keep going, get more. Yeah, and since then, obviously, you won a lot of awards. So do you feel like once you win one, it puts your name on the map and then people start watching what you do from that point forward? Um, I'll believe so. I never really um, dig deep into what they're watching for, but I will believe so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it kinda, it's weird. It kind of gives you credibility in a weird way. But like once you win one, it's like, you know, in basketball, once you win an MVP, that's when everyone's like, oh, damn. Now we're like, now you know. Um, and so everyone watches your career after that. No, for sure. For sure. And so in terms of 2021, what are your kind of movements into 2021? Do you have any, you know, plans, any artists that you really want to work with? Obviously, we know that you're working with French. Is there anyone else that you've got kind of plans to work with as well? Um, I got some stuff coming with Chris Brown. Um and I'm doing some work with a new artist, DDG, um, and some other people. Um, 2021, I'm focused on working with a lot of upcoming artists, like new acts, young acts. Um, I'm also focused on starting a record label, um, sign a few artists, sign a few producers, um, also um, building a studio, so also they could work out of, and, um, and um, I'm also focused on, like, building an app. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, it's, it's some, I have an app, something to help, like, the music culture, you know. So I have a lot of plans coming for 2021. I just hope, you know, Corona don't keep taking over everything. <laughs> well, man, worst comes to worst, you can just come to Australia and you can just do it from here. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to keep that in mind. I was speaking to Sean Keyes and he said that he wants to move, like he wants to get into the Australian market as well. So who knows? Maybe there's there's some some room there for you guys. How's your um how's like your scene down there on the music? It's pretty good. It's getting bigger. But I I, I told him and I'll tell you, Australian artists want to go to the States. Like there's there's especially hip hop artists. Like, you know, as much as it's getting bigger down here, there is still this weird feeling towards hip-hop it's not played on the radios it's not like you know when i went to when i went to hawaii it's not really america but i count it as like the the only state that i've been to like you go to a shopping center a shopping mall and they're playing hip-hop in the stores we don't have that here like here it's like pop music or whatever you want to like it's nothing so it's building slowly and i i can see like you know kids like on trains and stuff playing hip-hop so it's like coming into young culture but it still hasn't hit like the levels in the states but it is slowly getting there and i'm just hoping it gets gets there quickly because i want to see more hip-hop honestly that's that's amazing it's a it's a great to see like a different perspective well it's just interesting because like i just imagine what it would be like to grow up with hip-hop everywhere Whereas like I had to find my own hip hop and I had to, it's hard because like at school, I remember people would ask me, oh, what do you want to listen to? But they know what I want to listen to. I only want to listen to hip hop. That's it. Like if you ask me, it's what you're going to get, but they weren't fans. So they would go like, oh, turn that shit off. And so like for me, I've got two friends luckily that love hip hop as much as I do um, as well. But yeah. It's it's a hard one when you were growing up without that around you. And my mom always thought this was a phase, that my love for the hip-hop music, she was like, no, Aaron, 
when you get older, there's no way you can continue listening to it. You're just you're just going through a phase. <laughs> she didn't know, man. It's, it's taking over. It's taking over. It's crazy because over here, like I'm in LA, it's like the mecca. It's like really all I hear. So you don't take time to think. There's other places in the world that's really not tuned in, like how we are right now. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just strange. She doesn't say that anymore. She accepts it because obviously, you know, I'm. This is all I talk about. All I talk about is hip hop. All I listen to is hip hop, and it's awesome because I get to discover new music. Like, um, that's part of the love. Is you know, you find a track that you like, and then you're like, "Oh, sick! This is a cool producer." And then you find other tracks that that producer has done, and like, it's just a tunnel. There's once you're in, there's no getting out. You just keep going, and you keep finding new stuff. Did you have anyone when you were coming up that you were like, I-, I love that sound? Is there anyone that you were like studying their music or like, you know, studying how they produce and mix and master? Dr. Dre for sure is one of them. Um, you know, like Dre always had the sound, man. And I know he had a lot to do with Get Rich or Die Trying also. And um, his he mixes like me as well, produces. Like he knows how to work the SSL board, you know. There's there's a, only a few like that in the industry that could master both sides, you know. Also, um, Scott Storch. Growing up, he was always a movie in my mind as a producer, man. Like the way how he'll put these creative sounds and pitch bends in in his m- melodies and stuff in his beats and just taking over the game. It's just a, a businessman and a producer. Like it was crazy because he was doing that down there in Miami, and I heard a lot of great stories about it. Um, also, like Timbaland, I really like producers who really carved the sound. You know, created a sound that nobody could copy. You know. Yeah. I was like Tim, Pharrell, you know, all the legends and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Dr. Dre is he had—I don't know what it was about the drums that he got. But his drums were always hard. There is no beat that he's ever made where I'm like, the drums could be harder. They actually always bang. They always go hard. He leaves nothing untouched. It's just, you know, he just has, and he's had so many touches in so many successful artists. Like you said, 50 Cent, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Tupac. Like um, he's just, you know, his legacy in hip hop is amazing. No, for sure. Um, Dr. Dre, you know, with the hard drums, he always had a good air. He picked it, picked the right drums, but also, like I said, he's good at tweaking that shit. And so for you, because obviously the sound has changed since when Dr. Dre was doing it, more of a boom back vibe, whereas now it's more of a trappy vibe. How do you kind of take that influence and put it into your music? Um, well... I would say that influences more towards like the song, like you like Salam Alaikum. Um, but for like the super trap vibes, um, I like to just keep it fun. Just like whatever, whatever I'm feeling while making it, as long as like it's turnt, a lot of energy. <laughs> that's, that's what I like when, when I'm making trap music. Cause it is a very different like style of music, the two boom bap and, and you know, that, you know, that, trap that turned up that kind of feeling do you have like a preference for yourself or is it just a mood thing 
Um, it's definitely a mood thing. Um, yeah, like I said, like when I'm making trap, it's really like if I got all my homies in the studio and we trying to turn up, have fun, you know, we making a trap beat, heavy 808, stuff like that. Or if like I'm chilling and like I get influenced by sound or a sample, I'm like, yeah, this have to be hip hop right here, you know, like a, a more like a boom bap or like some smoother, you know. Do you feel like the the trappy beats are making their way into pop? Like it feels like the trap kind of sound is moving into the pop industry, like it's starting to take over as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's like quite well on its way. Um over here in the United States, I think it's it's already there. It just probably like haven't crossed all the way over. Like you said, you don't hear it that much where you are. Um, but it's definitely made a stamp. And obviously artists like Cardi B, like literally blowing this year. I think last year and this year, she, Megan Three Stallion as well. You know, the female artists, as we're seeing, are actually doing really well. Um, it's, it's almost a new evolution of hip hop that we're seeing, you know, young, strong female artists also take over the industry, which is really good to see. Yeah, now for sure. I think Cardi B, when Nicki had a run, I think Cardi B opened the doors for all these female artists to, to, you know, feel comfortable, come do their thing. And obviously you've worked with a few female artists as well. Do you, do you find that, you know, there's a different collaborative approach or have you, have you found that, you know, that everyone in the industry is just going for it, that no matter what, you know, that now that it's open to more people, that more people get that opportunity? Um, like to work with a female artist, like the different approach. Yeah, have you found a different approach or is it just like, you know, it's just each person has their own vibe? Um, usually everyone's different. Each person has their own vibe, but it's like every artist has a similar vibe to another artist. So after working with so many, like if I meet an artist today, I could be like, you remind me of such, you work just like such, you know? So there's like, there's like a certain number of vibes and each person have at least one of them. Have you found anyone like tough to work with? Like someone who's really specific in what they want? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, when I was working with Puff, he's like that. Yeah, for sure. But I think he's made his career like that. Like, you know, being, being that specific, that's like, you know, he knows what he wants. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It happens. And how do you, obviously, because you got to preserve a relationship as well. How do you manage that type of person where, you know, obviously you need to have a say as well, but obviously that person is so strong on their opinions and what they want to say. So how do you manage that relationship? Um, basically you got to be on, you got to be on your 10 toes and you got to be strong too. Cause like people like that, if they sense weakness, you know what I'm saying? They'll, they don't really want, you know what I'm saying, mess with you like that. So you got to really show them that you know what you're talking about. And, um, and you know what I'm saying, you just cool down person. Yeah. the I mean, I, I come from teaching sales as well. That's kind of my background. I always talked about, you know, a red personality type. They're very strong, very quick decision makers. And you got to be like very similar to them. Otherwise, like you said, if they sense weakness, they'll just walk all over you and they make all, all the decisions without you. For sure. And you just got to be good at what you do too. <laughs> yeah, results-oriented. Like you got to, at the end of the day, 
everybody cares about what you deliver. Like if you deliver fire, everyone will be happy. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think is next in the hip hop industry? Obviously, as someone who's, you know, with a lot of artists, do you think there's going to be any changes, changes to sound? Do you think there's anything that's going to be moving into 2021, moving into, you know, the next five years? Um, the sound for sure and the beats are always changing. Um, like I, I'm sure a lot probably haven't even crossed over there, but man, every two, three months that I see the sound changing. So for sure, the beats. And that, and it feels like there is now there's almost a split. There is artists who only do boom bap and then there's artists who only do trap. Do you feel like that that is splitting more into like, i.e. classic and into more modern as well? Um, I think most of the boom bap stuff, I think is like um, older artists um, and then the new kids are more towards like the trap sound. So I think like trap will eventually, you know what I'm saying, be more potent than the boom bap. Yeah. I think you're you're probably right. The only thing on trap beats is that we haven't seen the same lyricism come from trap beats that we see in boom bap. So once you get like a a fire lyricist as well that you know is dropping bars, then we'll see that evolution really take off. That's correct. Yeah, I think the boom bap it, it allows them to like think deeper. You know, when they hear trap beats, they like start saying whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, you know, the vibe. You just get into it. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. The auto-tune kicks in and you can just talk about Xanax or whatever the hell they talk about. It doesn't really matter as long as it sounds good. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what we've seen today. Um, yeah, but the boom bap, you know, it's more potent stuff. Yeah, it's the lyrical miracle stuff. Yes, yeah, sir. So is there anything in your career that surprised you that you didn't expect? Ooh, um, I wouldn't, not really. I kind of expected everything, really, um, just because of the grind and like um, the snowball effect that my career had. It wasn't like a big bang. It was more like, you know, building blocks. So I kind of see most things coming. Yeah, you can see the pathway that you're heading down. Yes, sir. And the good thing about that is that obviously you build your own career and you get to feel in control. Like I feel... I feel for some artists that they they might not be in control as much as they want to and that they're kind of just taken on this this weird journey. Whereas for you, you sound very settled in terms of where your career is, what your pathway is and what you're looking at doing. Correct. Yeah, I was always mostly like independent and um, I made a lot of my, my moves by myself. Um, so, you know, a lot of those artists and producers, they sign young you know, and they have like a label or a team that's just doing stuff for them. You know what I'm saying? So it's more like um, surprising for them when certain things happen. And now you've also got representation in terms of the management group, the formula. Um, how do you, how did you get in contact with them? Um, years back, um, actually one of my friends um, hit them up and linked me with, um, with them to work with Soldier Boy. And um, yeah, they linked me with Soldier Boy and we worked on a couple albums, worked, we worked for a while and that's how I met them. And so you've been with them for, for a long time? Yeah, we've been working together for a while. 
And do you do, have they got plans for you as well? Are they like looking at you know what next year looks like for you and and how to essentially you know keep your career moving forward? Oh yeah, for sure. We've been in the talks um, of like new plans and, and new ideas to spice things up. Well, it's funny because we also spoke when I spoke to Sean. Um, we spoke about Fifty Cent as well, and we he has his book in his office. Um, so so he's like you know. 50 Cent is one of these figures in hip-hop where you, you either love him or you hate him. At the end of the day, the music is amazing, but he loves to start the odd beef or two. I think everyone loved the music and the personality, you know, that's where the more love-hate um, is at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just look at his Instagram and sometimes I just can't help but laugh. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's an entertainer for sure. Yeah. And he's he knows what he's good at. He he knows his brand. He just sticks to it, and he just does what he what he does. It's kind of who he is. For sure. If there was if there was any artist that you could work with, is there like you know one for you that you would like you know the dream come true? Man, artists. What about producers? Yeah, or producer. I had never worked with Dre yet. It's crazy. I never even met him. I met all these legends that never worked with Dre. So. He's definitely one of them. And um, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of young artists that, that I want to work with next year. Like a lot of guys I see up and coming. I just like, I feel like um, they're bringing back this sound that's, that used to be in, in the old school music, like in the 80s, 90s, the soul, like in their voice. I think that's like coming back, you know? So I want to work with a lot of new up-and-coming young artists. There is something about that soul vibe that, like, in hip-hop, it just works so well. I think, I, like, as we said before, that a soul sample on top of a hard hip-hop beat, there's almost nothing better. Nothing. Have you met DJ Premier? Um, I think so. I think a long time ago, but that never really connected like that. That would be mine. Like if I had to work with a producer, DJ Premier would be mine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a pleasure right there. Yeah. I just love his scratches. I like his sound um, from from everything is done with Gangstar, Royce to 5'9". Like I just love, love his energy. But yeah, definitely legends. Like, you know, if you, Dr. Dre, they're all the, like the tippy top of, you know, the, the producing world and, yeah, I just think it would be amazing just to see them work. Like even to be a fly on the wall and see them in the studio, it would just like, you know, be a dream come true. Correct. Yeah, DJ Premier, he's a legend. Yeah, and he's still going. He's got so much energy. Like Dr. Dre hasn't done much lately, um, but DJ Premier, he just doesn't stop. Yeah, I think Dre's working on a new project, I believe. Well, he did have a hand in Eminem's new album, Music to be Murdered by the Side B. So he was in there a little bit, but um, I am keen to see if he's got, you know, a brand new project where he does does everything. Yeah, that'll be dope. And then hopefully you guys can work together. That'll be even better. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Awesome, man. Well, I, I always finish up with one last question and it's probably the hardest question you'll get. If there was one album that everybody should listen to, at least once, other than your own, what would it be? 
<laughs> one album? Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Uh, Hip-hop? Anything. It doesn't matter. if I've, I've had Rex. Anything? Yeah, I, I did an interview with Rex um, that dropped today, actually. Um, but um, he said Bob Marley, so that was his one. So Damn, the- bro. Yeah. Why, why you said it? Why you said it? <laughs> Damn, I'm heated. I'm mad as... Yo, I'm so mad you said that because that's my exact answer, bro. I was going to say go listen to the entire Bob Marley catalog. But he... Look, you can just... Yeah, that's crazy. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel How like did I know? It, it, it doesn't hit as much because you already said it. <laughs> no, but I mean, you can still go Bob Marley. I haven't had... You know, if you do choose Bob Marley, it'll be the first artist that has been chosen twice. No, for sure. I promise on my life that was exactly what I was going to say. Um, listen to the entire Bob Marley catalog. Bob Marley's my favorite artist in the entire world, bro. Do you have one album of his that, you know, you go back to more often than the others? Not really. I just listen to, like, you know, certain records that's, that, you know, I'm in love with. I usually just listen to his catalog, like the top records and stuff. There you go. Bob Marley, he hits twice. That's funny, though, that I, I knew Bob Marley. How did I know? The reason for me is because, like, Bob Marley is the only artist I ever saw that took positive music across the whole world and actually, you know, made a change or try to make a change to the human race with music. Well, I think, you know, he definitely is one of those people in music that has changed the industry and, you know, he's no longer with us and he's been gone for a, for a while and he still has, you know, a profound influence on a lot of artists and, and what he does and, you know, his impact has been felt for a long, long time during his career and, and obviously after as well. Correct. He's also living through a lot of his children too. They're also successful, great artists and musicians. And Snoop Dogg obviously had that period of reggae music where he was saying he was Bob Marley reincarnated, but I think he, he left that. He left that. I think he went to Snoop Lion for a bit. <laughs> yeah, he went to Jamaica and did his whole Snoop life with the Rasta culture and stuff. But um, a lot of people say it, said it wasn't um, pure. So, <laughs> and then he left that culture. Yeah, I think he's back to, to Snoop Doggy Dog. He's back to his OG name. But uh, Snoop Lion, that was that was so funny. I remember hearing that and just, you know, I think he's been to Jamaica <laughs> for a little bit too long this time. Yeah, he smoked too much weed that day. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Obviously, Mix, the the producer, check him out. He is working with all the, the greats in hip-hop. Check him out. He's going to be doing some big things next year, French Montana, new up-and-coming artists, and hopefully we get to see your recording label as well and, and that new app that you've got coming out. Um, you can obviously find him on Instagram as well. Hit him, give him a DM, let him know he's doing good stuff because, um, honestly, um, you know, man, you're you're doing fantastic work and, and the beats that you're producing are, are really good and, you know, some of my favourite that are going straight into my playlist. So um, is there anything else you wanted to, to plug? Uh, no, that's about it, man. Really appreciate the interview, man. Nice for hitting me up. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying, in the future we do another one. Definitely. And hopefully you get to come to Australia at some time soon and, you know, we can do this face-to-face. 
No, for sure. Corona spike one more time. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll find you a place. We'll we'll hook you up so you can you can come down because yeah, we're we're sitting at zero. So um life's pretty good down here at the moment. So this is my big up for like, you know, Melbourne. Don't go to Sydney. Sydney has coronavirus cases right now, but Melbourne, we're we're happy days. That's what's up. I'm happy for you guys, man. Well, I hope that for you guys as well, it starts to come calm down. Obviously, you know, I hope that everybody out there is is safe, safe, and you know, the vaccine does what it's supposed to do. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can start traveling and and going around the world again. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm ready to go. You know, go to different places and soak up some culture. Yeah, you and I both, and I'd love to go visit the states as well. It's definitely on my on my to do list for sure. Have you ever been here? Only to Hawaii. I've only been to Hawaii. So that doesn't really count, but I've never been to mainland states. Based on hip hop alone, if I go, I might never come back. That's the that's the only thing. <laughs> that's that's like a high high chance. High chance yeah. of happening. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time and I appreciate everything that you're doing. Um, and I'm sure, you know, we'll be speaking again and, and we'll be hearing um, you know, you're getting more awards and more success, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for all upcoming podcast news. Bye for now.